0: Welcome to Skincare Moxie, the podcast to educate, inform, and empower you to care for and love the skin you're in. Presented by the A Method, the medical grade skincare brand co founded by Induction Therapy CEO Angelia Insco in collaboration with renowned cosmetic dermatologist Dr. Tina Alster. Welcome listeners. I'm Kelly Fletcher, co-host of Skincare Moxie. Each week on this podcast, we dig deep into the topic of skincare, dispelling myths and sharing knowledge so that you, the consumer, can get the information you need to make informed purchasing decisions. I co-host this podcast with Angelia Insco, co-founder of the A Method medical-grade skincare line and inventor of the Collagen Pen microneedling device. She has taught us so much over the past 5 months since we launched this podcast podcast.
1: podcast. Yes, Kelly, it is hard to believe we're kicking off our sixth month of the podcast. So this is episode number twenty three.
0: I know. I can't believe it's episode twenty-three. I just want to take a moment to thank you, Angelia, because you're very busy and It is a great service for you to help educate us about skin and skincare, And also, I just appreciate you throwing your wisdom with your all natural health tips at the end of every podcast. We've gotten amazing feedback from women across the country who are also thankful for this knowledge.
1: Kelly, I so appreciate that. I really feel like this is my calling and this podcast has allowed me to reach a larger audience. It's officially fall now, and we're going into the season of gratitude, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Honestly, Kelly, it's really what I wish I could do all the time. I just love doing this and sharing knowledge with people.
0: I know, and if you're listening and you're not one of our regulars, you may not know that Angelia's main role is researching ingredients and formulating skincare products and other products. So, Angelia, you shared a number with me the other day that kind of shocked me. You said you had now formulated over
1: 200 skincare products in your career. Wow. I was kind of shocked when I got that number, too, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Because my office was uh, letting me know how many SKUs we had and how hard that was to manage. So, And then to think that we packaged them and some multiple types of packaging, it can be a little overwhelming.
0: Right. Well, I'm just curious, before we delve into today's topic, what are some of your all-time favorite products that you've formulated?
1: So we have a product called AX5 that we've had pretty much since the beginning, and I don't know that I could be without that product. Uh, We've just come out with a new version of it that has transimic acid in it called Skin Perfecting Serum that's in the A-Method. And my husband and I both use that every day. Also, there's a cleanser called Active Wash that we have. It's got glycolic and some salicylic, but it also has like some lemon extract and grapefruit extract. Love it. Love it. And then, of course, you all hear me talk about TCA all the time. We have our retinol that's also stabilized with uh, TCA. And that, again, it just gives you that nice polished look to where your skin looks healthy all the time. So I mean, those are definitely three of my favorites right there.
0: Awesome. Those are all amazing products. So I'll cut the chit chat now and and get us to today's topic. We're going to tackle top skin concerns by age group and the best treatments for those skin concerns. Let's face it, no one can avoid aging. I think we figured that out. Everyone's skin ages slowly as it thins, wrinkles, wrinkles appear, dark spots starting to start to show up and get darker. And it's really not worth stressing over it as it happens, because it's important to take care of your skin as best as you can throughout your life. But it's important not to stress. I read this stat, Angelia, that 76% of women say if their skin looks good, they feel good. And I can definitely attest to that. It's when I used to work in the jewelry industry, and we had a similar study that women said that whenever they put on their jewelry every day before they left the house, when we used to leave the house, that it made them feel so much better and put together. But I'm not sure that there's really a clear consensus on what good skin even looks like. How would you describe the look of healthy skin?
1: So healthy skin would be blemish free. It would not be overly oily or overly dry. It would be normal. It would not inflame with redness due to uh, sensitivity. Because, you know, I knew a very famous man one time who said there's no such thing as sensitive skin. There's only healthy skin and unhealthy skin. Wow. And it would have its natural own glow like a baby. When you see a baby's skin, there's pink to it. You know, it don't have dead skin cell setting on it to where it's dull looking. It's nice and pink looking. You definitely want that glow. And when you have that glow, you don't feel like you need to wear foundation to cover it up because you're glowing. You know, it might be that glow that someone might say, are you pregnant? You're glowing. You know, that sort of healthy glow that mothers get when they're newly uh, pregnant. Also, the healthiest skin would be also pigmentation would be even on that skin as well. You wouldn't have like a lot of brown spots here and there, and you definitely wouldn't have raised texture, for instance, like severated keratosis, that sort of things that have raised texture to them, because then that looks uneven and it usually also has pigment with it. So all of those things can mostly be smoothed out and taken care of through a process. I tell people, didn't get there overnight. It's not going away overnight. But if you stay with us, we can get you there, no matter what your age is, Kelly.
0: Well, it's taken me a long time. Well, I'd say maybe a year of really sticking to my skincare regimen, mostly because I've gotten to know you so well, and it's really motivated me and I've seen results. But my whole life, I wouldn't go anywhere without makeup, without foundation, even if I just put on a little bit to just smooth out my skin. And I was in California last week and granted I was at a place where you didn't have to dress up but I didn't wear foundation the whole week I mean I for the first time in I probably my life awesome. did I not wear awesome foundation Kelly. This is awesome <laughs> for news. an entire week I just you know put on a little bit of lip gloss and mascara and that was it and I was like wow I've never been able to do this and my sunscreen my mineral sunscreen powder I've made sure to have that on which does give you just a little tint and knocks the shine off but I was so proud. I was like, that's an accomplishment.
1: You know, Kelly, one of the things I used to hate way back in my day, and it's probably been 30 years since I've worn, over 30 years since I've worn foundation, but I used to hate going in and trying on a blouse and it coming up over your head and catching your chin or something. And then you get makeup or foundation on that blouse. Once I got away from that, I never, ever wanted that again. I don't know why that bothered me so much. Or you put one on, especially like a shirt with a collar that's you know pointed and stands up around your neck you getting foundation all over and it just looks awful.
0: And then you have to get it dry cleaned every time.
1: I know. Yeah. I've
0: been through that cycle. <laughs> That's not cheap. So let's run the gamut by age group here so we can better understand the trajectory of skin health as we grow older. I think we all start getting concerned with our skin during our teen years because we begin to start noticing those changes, particularly acne. I remember I had really bad acne in seventh grade, and my mom took me to the dermatologist and he told me to wash my face with warm water and ivory soap, and he gave me some kind of lotion to put on it. and that worked about halfway, but thankfully, science has come a long way since then. So what are the top skin concerns for you know other than acne? That's the obvious for teens. And what are the best products and treatment options for these issues for for the teen ages?
1: So for teenagers, they definitely need a good cleanser. One, most teens are very active and they're sweating. Even, you know, like in the winter months, they're inside, they're playing ball and doing all these things and sweating and that creates bacteria and they need to get it off. So the first place to start is a good cleanser, okay, to get all that off. And it should be an antibacterial cleanser. So I would recommend one that has salicylic acid in it. You can also get them with benzoyl peroxide. That's a little bit more harsh. So I would start with the salicylic acid and see if that worked first. Then the next great thing for a teenager is a pad, like a toner pad, that you can use on your skin to also get off the bacteria. Especially like, let's say they're practicing ball at school. Well, they've sweated then. They don't want to wait till they get home to use a cleanser, but they could tap these pads in a baggie or something in their backpack and wipe it off then to get that bacteria off before it starts setting in and building up the pustules and, and bacteria that then erupts on the skin. And then once that's there, it's more bacteria. If you pop that and you don't have anything like salicylic acid and something right then to kill it, it's going to grow more bacteria, which leads to more breakouts. So those are you know some of the things we can go on to then things that can get left on the skin to treat it. But Really, you're kind of fighting yourself if you just don't start with the cleanser first.
0: You know, as a mom of of a boy, (laughs) I think it's so important because girls are a little bit more self-aware in the teen years. Boys are just doing their thing. And my son got really bad acne and I tried to get him to clean his face and do things, but I didn't stay on top of him enough. And he ended up having to go on a very serious drug with side effects, Accutane. And so I think as moms, if we, if we have, a, you know, if you have a kid who's an athlete in particular, or just in you know, kids are oily, try to get them using a cleanser and those, those toner pads, because that could save them from having to go on a major expensive drug with that has side effect
1: yeah try to get them a cleanser you can put in the shower because remember make it easy yes they're probably not going to want to do an extra step so if you could just put it in the shower maybe at best you would get it to do you know them to do it while they're in there
0: yeah if you can get them to take a shower (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully (laughs) one thing i've noticed is that teens start paying attention to their skin health earlier these days especially girls like I said and I'm sure it's because they live in a world where your face is always on social media so it becomes a priority but I've noticed that more and more skincare products are marketed to tween girls and tween girls are defined as 8 to 12 years old what do you think about that do you think there's any need for girls that young to do anything other than wash their face with water
1: So Kelly, it is sad that girls at that age are worrying about all this. And, you know, I've read an article recently about how teen deaths went up when social media came on. Suicides went up. So because people, these girls see themselves as somebody out there who's posing, but they act like they just woke up looking like that. Now every teen girl thinks they have to look like that. Here's the deal. If they're going to wear foundation and things like that, then they got to take care of their skin like a grown woman who's wearing foundation and things like that because this stuff is getting in your pores. Once again, start with a cleanser. If you can only get your child to wash their face once a day at night is the best. Get it all off of there. All this bacteria and everything from the environment, the pollution, the foundation, if they're wearing makeup and that sort of stuff, get all that off and start with a clean surface. I would start with a non oily, potentially antibacterial moisturizer. Now, we have one of those at A Method. It's called H2 Biome. So it has a probiotic in it. It's not oily, and so it's just very light, but at least we're getting something antibacterial on there and hydrating because remember all this washing and the foundation is taking away from their skin as well. There's one more thing I want to suggest is that mineral foundations are the only ones that do not build bacteria. So they need to use a mineral foundation or what they're doing is they're putting bacteria when they're putting it on and they're putting whatever back in there, their sponge or whatever. And that's just putting more bacteria on the skin and they're having to fight that. So they're usually using foundation to cover up, but then their foundation's got bacteria in it from wherever where they've touched it and everything. So if they can use a mineral, 100% mineral foundation, it will not build bacteria.
0: So, if you use a mineral foundation, which I do, but I also use a brush to apply it, it's not getting bacteria every time because it's mineral based That's right. Okay, because you know I've thought about that sometimes. Like, should I just be putting this on with my fingers because it's the same brush? And I do clean it, but I, I don't clean it nearly as often as I should. So, well, it, it's good to know that there is a a time and a place for tweens and teens to be marketed to for skincare products, because I'd always kind of taken the stance that it really bothers me when I go into a store and I see all these facial masks and products aimed at eight to 10 year olds. But if some of them start wearing a little bit of even blush at that age, then like you said, they need to start taking care of their skin.
1: Kelly, I'm seeing them wear full sets of nails on their nails. I yeah, mean, if you start that at that age, man, we're not going to s- have a nail left. Where do you stop? <laughs> you're not going to have a nail left by the time you're 30.
0: <laughs> well, let's l- delve into our 20s, that decade when we think we have so many problems and we really have no idea, right? <laughs> right. Talk to us about what 20-somethings are concerned about.
1: Well, Kelly, one of the things you have to think at 20, most people are partying, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's a lot of what can be alcohol or drugs. And they usually pile into bed without taking off that makeup. So they need to be concerned with cleansing that skin. And once again, with bacteria, but depending on how much sun, that's another t- thing that happens in the twenties. I think we get out of the sun a lot. So we need to be concerned about sunscreen, but depending on how much we get out of the sun also is going to depend on how quick our skin is losing collagen. And we know in our late twenties, if Even at a healthy skin, we're starting to lose collagen. So usually a good cleanser and an eye cream because that's where, you know, your eyes is where you start to show your aging first because the skin is really thin and you start to get lines. So I think that's where most people are going in their 20s and a very light, once again, antibacterial moisturizer.
0: Yeah. And I read that skin cancer is the most common form of cancer for young adults in their 20s. So it is imperative to wear sunscreen. I mean, you think about These kids, and and they're not not necessarily that you're a kid in your 20s. I mean, I was married when I was in my 20s. I thought I was a grown woman. I really wasn't. But you are out and you are playing sports or you're going to work and you're wearing a full face of makeup or you are partying out late at night and you get dark circles. So eye cream is always the first product women want to want to buy.
1: And Kelly, I want to point out, too, that a lot of people in this age are also working at restaurants, so they're around, oh, yeah. they're around grease a lot. Another reason to have a really good antibacterial cleanser.
0: Okay, great. So lead us into our 30s, and um, I know they're key preventative years because the aging process really starts to speed up, and reality, reality starts to set in that we're not going to stay young forever.
1: By the time we're 30, we should begin to start using a, a retinol, at least a low-dose retinol. And most likely something that helps us to exfoliate. And of course, we're adding on to what we already had. We still need to stick with our good cleanser. We need, still need to stay with our eye cream, but we need to have a good moisturizer that has some anti aging properties in it or antioxidants. Once again, we're back out in that sun a lot. You got kid, a lot of people in our thirties have got kids and are out at ball games and stuff. So we want to stay with that and help use retinol to help keep stimulating that collagen because it's starting to slow down and it's better to maintain it than it is to try and go back and pick it up from ground zero.
0: Right. If you can just keep the process going and actually train your body for that cellular turnover so you're continually producing collagen. I've read a lot about microdosing retinol and well, I haven't read a lot. I've read a little about microdosing retinol. It seems to be like a trending topic out there, and you mentioned starting on a low, re- you know, low percentage of retinol. What is microdosing, and how should it be applied in our skincare regimens?
1: Well, so let's take a retinol, and let's say we think, oh, it's going to irritate us, or we've not used retinol, we want to introduce our skin to it before we don't want to be, you know, red and irritated. So we could take our moisturizer that we have and just add like a drop of our retinol to it. Go a week or so, 10 days at the most, then add two drops. Eventually, you want to at least 50 50, and then you want to start going the other way to where there's more retinol, maybe and less moisturizer, to where you build up to that full strength. But that's microdosing, that's getting yourself used to it, you know, and it helps your skin build to t- basically titrate to it so it don't get all irritated and inflamed at one time.
0: So it's just like anything. You're just kind of working up the dose till you can tolerate a higher dose of it and still get great results.
1: Right. Now, listen, I tell people all the time this, you have to use retinol every day. So, you know, ideally, I use mine full strength every day. I realize there's some people who don't think they can or they'll say, oh, I'm going into the sun or I have a wedding, then micro it at those times but don't go without it. Retinol is food for your skin. How many days would you go without feeding your body a meal?
0: Wow. So you just, I just got a hand slap without you even knowing it because I do take, little breaks altogether. Like I'll skip a night if I feel like I'm getting dry instead of microdosing. So I need, what's a good way to microdose? Just use less and mix it with a moisturizer or something. So you're breaking it up or
1: maybe use less and put your moisturizer on or on top of it. Right. I mean, you're, you're used enough to it, Kelly. I don't think you have to just like really low, low microdose but you may want to just do extra hydration on top of it.
0: Maybe go from 1% to a half percent.
1: Yeah. And don't, let's not forget we're moving into winter. It's going to start getting drier. That has nothing to do with retinol. That is the climate that we live in. So we have to obviously add more moisture during that time. A great thing to add is a hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid binds 100 times its weight in water. Now in the winter, okay, there's no water out there in the humidity. There's you know, like right now it's humid out there. It's dry. been raining. Yeah. So you need to put a moisture on top of it to help bind that humectant in.
0: Okay. Good advice. So what about the forties? So this is when I really started to take medical grade skincare seriously. And I really wish I'd had started earlier. <laughs> That's what
1: everybody says. So in the 40s, you know, you're definitely going to want to be on retinol. And preferably, you want at least a 1% retinol at that point. You want a great eye cream. You may even want one with retinol around it. And a lot of what you need in your 40s is going to depend on what did I do in my 30s? How much am I trying to correct or am I trying to maintain? So, you know, you're going to want your sunscreen. Obviously, Uh, we're, we're depleting collagen all the time. And at 40s, we're not making it like we used to. So anything we can do to stop the collagen degradation, which sun is one of those things that degrades collagen and free radicals. So if we could use uh, like an antioxidant serum along with that too, that would help prevent some of those damages that are happening.
0: And I really think that for me in my 40s is when I started having to address hyperpigmentation because you these little spots come out that
1: have been there all along (laughs) kelly is because you didn't do what you needed to do in your 20s and 30s yes exactly And that's what we're trying to keep from happening to other people because we didn't know then like you said technology's come a long way right yes
0: well it's really interesting to me because i really had a very pronounced dark spot hyperpigmentation on my right cheekbone and it is completely gone like you can't see it at all so and also had one above my lip Mm -hmm. gone so this stuff works, y'all. The it, A method—it does work. It, you know, it's good to to change how you think. And sometimes, instead of telling yourself you look old, tell yourself you look a little different. We got to remember, we can still have healthy, beautiful skin as we age.
1: Yes, Kelly, you can. You know, I get stopped all the time, and people ask me about my skin because they just can't believe I don't have on foundation. But yet, you can just kind of tell. You know, I think not wearing foundation is part of what's helped keep my skin healthy. It can breathe.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's go on into the 50s age demographic, which is my age demographic. And my age demographic.
1: In your 50s, a lot of things continue with issues that already need to be treated. And probably at this point, some of us are thinking about or have already had laser treatments, chemical peels, microneedling, So definitely some of those in-office treatments can help boost what you're doing at home so you get a little bit more bang for your buck. And what you're doing at home helps to drive that elasticity and that collagen that those treatments in the office do and vice versa. But you won't get near the benefit out of those treatments if you're not doing it the right home regimen, at-home regimen. So I want to go back to, we need a good cleanser, the stronger retinol as we can handle, great antioxidant serum, And moisturizer, because in our 50s, you know, we're probably experiencing a little bit more dryness, depending on where you are with your hormones and a great eye cream. Let's don't forget too, Kelly, we need to be treating our neck and our decolletase. Oh, and those the back
0: of our hands
1: and those arms.
0: Yes. So they don't get crepey.
1: A lot of things that you're using on your face, you can put on the back of your hands. Like when I put my retinol, I put it in my hand and I put it on my face and then I take and I rub it on the back of my hands and I rub those together So a lot of what you're doing can be done simply that way, just by taking what you have left over that you've applied to your face and rubbing the back of your hands together with it on there.
0: What about menopausal changes in skin? Because in your 50s, that's when most women are either already going through menopause or are suffering from the worst menopausal symptoms. What does menopause do to your skin?
1: Well, menopause can really help to... Deplete your collagen. It's really drives your hormones, you know, drives a lot of your aging process of your whole body. And Also, you can definitely see your skin begin to dry out more, which the less collagen there is in your skin, the drier you're probably going to be. OK, you think about that, because that's all that. about
0: collagen, yeah. collagen and retinol. If they're two big takeaways from this podcast, it's collagen and retinol <laughs> and good cleansing and good cleansing and never go to bed with your makeup on. Never go to bed without cleansing.
1: People ask me all the time, Kelly. I mean, I get this question at least once a week. Some weeks I get it many more. Angelia, can I not just cheat on a cleanser and, you know, not just use something like off the shelf at Walgreens or whatever? And here's what I say to that. The cleanser is laying the foundation, the palette, for what you're going to put on there. So think of it like a piece of art. Can I get me a nice, beautiful canvas board to paint that on? Or do I want to take out a rumpled, crumpled piece of construction paper (laughs) Yes, and paint that on? So it is important. And I'm not saying there's not good cleansers out there. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that it is important that you get a good cleanser. Please don't use regular soap. You're really defeating yourself. But to get a good cleanser and, you know, clean that surface. So when you put everything on, your skin is ready to accept it better and you get maximum efficacy out of what you're putting on.
0: That's why it's so important to research and read the labels. We read labels on food products. We rarely ever read labels on skincare products we just haven't been trained to do it but it's it's a new day and I think as consumers we are starting to learn and it's a big point of this podcast is to understand what what is in these products and learn how to read the labels and what it all means so it's more of the same in the 60s 70s and beyond right yes it is so everyone ages differently in many cultures, aging is celebrated, and older women are viewed as beautiful and full of women In American culture, I feel like the older we get, the more invisible we get
1: <laughs> That is very true, and that's sad because you know our older the older we are, the more wise we are
0: yep, and we are here to empower you all to be healthy, not perfect that's the That's the operative mission here so So, you know, when I started prepping for this episode, I thought, hmm, I hope we're going to give listeners enough fresh content today. But I must say, this has been a hugely informative episode. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's so important for us to think of our life as a journey. And you've helped us to uncover what ingredients for successful skin health we may need along our journey.
1: Thank you, Kelly. I'm always happy to serve.
0: Well, thank you. And I just, I want to close out today with the A natural health tip. You've recently completed some new certifications in holistic health and wellness. And I love it when you share a new tip with us each week.
1: Well, Kelly, my class last week on herbalism taught me some different things. So you've probably heard of cordials, you've probably heard of tinctures, and you've probably obviously we've all heard of tea.
0: No, I have not heard of cordials. What is that?
1: Well, a cordial is Like You've heard of them like alcohol, like you might have after a drink.
0: Oh, okay. Or like a little chocolate.
1: Well, yeah. But in this case, (laughs) with alcohol. (laughs) And you can extract the herbs with the alcohol in a cordial. And that cordial, you would drink a cordial when you want to support something, not when you already have a condition. So let's say, Kelly, for instance, that your mom had a heart condition and you know it runs in your family. You want to be supportive to your heart. So you would have a cordial with supportive herbs in it. So it's not. You would have a tincture when you actually, you know, you have a coal or whatever and you're needing to treat it. So the tincture is basically like the medicine of the herbal world. That's okay. where you would use a tincture at.
0: Because it's high, more highly concentrated. That's right.
1: And so teas also can be used when you're sick but they can also be used supportively. The thing about teas is they're obviously extracted with water and alcohol. Your tinctures are made with alcohol and alcohol can extract more of those medicinal properties for the the tinctures because we use the alcohol. So you're getting more of the medicinal benefits from it. And that's why it's actually used to treat something that's wrong. Okay, so tea. Teas. I'm going to be working on making some teas that are going to be good for your skin It's going to be good for detoxing your body. And it's actually there's one I'm working on that's going to be good for helping your appetite not to be so active.
0: Well, and I just want to add one on a personal note. I was just at a holistic health retreat out in California. I mentioned I was out there earlier and um, I learned about the importance of organic tea, just like everything else. And I'd been buying um, tea at the grocery store that was not organic so i've switched over now because just like anything else if those herbs aren't organic they could have been treated by pesticides so we could be getting that and, our I, tea and bags. now you're
1: drinking liquefied pesticides
0: right yeah. yeah
1: steeped pesticides very another thing very important is that when you're if you're using tea bags i like whole leaf tea myself but if you're using tea bags make sure you're getting ones that haven't been bleached because if so you're getting steeped bleach Oh, wow. How do you know? It designates it. Like I said, I use whole leaf tea, so I don't use a bag.
0: OK, well, I, I think I need to adapt yeah. to and, whole leaf tea.
1: And, you know, you can get those little balls that you put, yes, them in, and put them down in your bag. You know, I mean, I have teapots that hold on. But yeah, there's all kinds of ways to do it when you travel. Trust me, I know I traveled last couple of weeks and I've been doing it so
0: and we're going into tea season because it's officially fall (laughs) it's October well thank you everybody thank you for joining us today and if you like what you hear please share skincare moxie with your friends we're trying to get the word out there and continue to grow our audience so we can help more people and don't forget to follow the Skincare Moxie podcast on social media by following the A Method on Facebook and the A Method at the A Method on Instagram. You can also follow the hashtag Skincare Moxie, and Moxie is spelled M O X I E. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast so it comes directly to your inbox each week, visit theamethod.com and click the podcast icon at the top right of the screen. You can sign up, and every week you'll get an email with a link, and it will remind you to listen. And finally, Angelia has agreed to answer your skincare questions personally. If you email her at Angelia at theamethod.com for the sake of clarity, she spells her name just like it sounds A-N-G-E-L-I-A. Also at theamethod.com there is now live chat. So if you have a question, a licensed esthetician will jump on and help you figure out whatever it is you need to figure out. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks to our sound engineer, who's Chris Hill of Knoxville-based HumblePod at HumblePod.com. Chris is a new dad for the second time recently. Congratulations. We're so happy for you. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.